0: What's up everybody? Welcome to the End of Their Own Podcast. Podcast. How's it going? Good, you? <laughs> Good. You should probably take a stab at that intro one time, eh?
1: <laughs> no, that's all you. Um. I'm definitely not trying that.
0: Welcome to the, the Dome podcast, podcast, podcast. You sound like Steinberg. You know when
1: Steinberg gets like way too into it it's like welcome to the five nine sixty afternoon show brought to you by domino's pizza domino's pizza it's just like chill out there bud Jeez.
0: (laughs) that was excellent all right this might throw me off we're doing a um we're doing over skype here pretty much we've never done this have we no, it's it, first time. It, it's weird looking at you while we're doing. I know.
1: Stop looking at me. Well, I've got my notes, so I won't look at you very long. Stop looking at me, Swan. I'm just gonna.
0: Yeah. I'm just gonna switch to the. <laughs> to the audio just, thing. Yeah. Exactly. All right. What first? Let, let's hit this off first. Let's get cracking, baby. Let's get cracking. What do you think? Why was Seattle Why wasn't released?
1: that the chant? Why was it what? Well, they, did you watch the live stream? I watched the live stream, and they're like, they got the chant going, and the chant was "Let's go, Kraken." It should have been
0: "Let's get Kraken." It's way better. Yeah, they'll figure that out in time. No, I didn't see no, no chant. Um, I don't know. I I really liked how the NHL released this. Like, they, like they had that little, they had that little promo video with you know the lightning and the ocean and like. You know what I mean? Like, we, like, we, I think we were just talking about this. They finally fired all the like, the 60-year-old marketing guys that are like... <laughs> exactly you know right. Mean, it's like, like, let's release
1: are- this in a Microsoft Word doc email on a Friday evening at 6 p.m.
0: Yeah, those guys. They're gone. Finally. It seems that and, way anyways. And you, and you actually have some unique... You got some style finally. Like, I, I really like that video. Um, yeah, the promo video they
1: released of like where they find the goal light in the ocean. Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. That yeah, that was yeah. cool. Yeah, I'm a into that. Teaser.
0: Like, I'm pumped. Like, this pumped me up.
1: Yeah, it was sweet. And it's cool when it's like, I don't know. I have a, sports cities are cool. Seattle's an amazing sports city. So it's like, yeah. it's, I don't know. It's long overdue and pretty awesome. They're finally getting a hockey team. I think. Yeah, like, like it's a great sports city. Like it's probably is it now the best destination to go if you're a sports fan? Probably. Especially in West especially in Canada, you can just
0: like pop down there.
1: It's going to be fucking awesome.
0: It's fun. We we I've been there. I've only actually seen Major League Baseball there. I've
1: Yeah, me too. I've never been to a football game. Um Yeah. But I mean You went, you went to the Sonics though. No, I've n- I haven't been to a basketball game. I, lo- I love the Sonics just because when I was a kid, that's like the team I loved. I-, I like the Mariners too. But when the Sonics return to Seattle, it'll be basketball, hockey, football, nonstop, and baseball will be awesome. So what do you think you- about this whole logo and jersey though? I like it. I don't what know. Do I'm, do? und- I'm undecided.
0: Now, I know where you're going with things. You wanted to see some green and whatnot, which why not? There's not a lot of green in the league and they totally could have pulled it off. But I actually really, I dig it. I really when I dig f- it.
1: When I first saw it, I was very underwhelmed. I was like, uh, because to me, like upon first glance, it looks like a concept jersey that you'd make for a team in like NHL. True. It just, lo- it looks like a fan made it almost, kind of like even the logo and some of the design. It, it, do- it doesn't seem super I don't know. It's I was a little underwhelmed at the beginning. like, But I was kind of that way with the Vegas jerseys when they first came out, and then I kind of started to really like them. Yeah. So I think I'll warm up to them. I don't know. I just – the blue, like the dark blue. It
0: looks like a Jets jersey to me. It looks exactly like the Jets jersey. See, and I don't think so. When I see the dark blue and the blue and the whole scheme, I think of Mariners. I think of like Seattle sports. See, I would too if they had just ditched that. The
1: red is maybe what's really screwing me up. I don't like the red. That red accent, it's only on the eye of the Kraken and there's a couple stripes on the arm and the bottom. I think it's the red that's throwing me off maybe that puts the whole thing off kilter. Like how many teams in the league have blue and red as their color scheme? Like every goddamn team. Change it up a bit.
0: I like the red, dude.
1: So if you look at the away jersey though, the white one is pretty sexy. So I think I think I'm just I'm not crazy about the dark blue primary color. I love the like light blue oceanic, and I love how there's different shades of it. That's really cool.
0: Yeah, no, it's totally oceanic, eh? So I'll warm up to it, but yeah, you will. You will. At first,
1: uh, as, when I see it on the ice, I'll probably like it a lot. But at first glance, I'm kind of a little underwhelmed.
0: And did you see what like really sold it for me was the the release video where they did that little animation at the end? Where, yeah, that was cool. Where like the tentacles come up through the S and yeah. then the eye, the eye like lights up. That, I, that's like, fucking sweet. Come like the, on. Come the on. logo, come on. the
1: logo is cool. I'll, I I like the logo. It's a throwback to like the Seattle Metropolitans. I like the S. Yeah. I yeah. like the little octopus is, tentacle. That's is, cool.
0: I love that. I love including history. Yeah, totally. Um, you know the fact that they had hockey there before. And they pay a little bit of homage to it, obviously, in a modern way. I mean, it looks... I, I, I like it a lot. See, like, for me, like, that's maybe my problem
1: is I'm a bit... I'm probably one of those old guys who, like, likes... Oh, I like i like classic, like, sports jerseys. I would have liked it to be a bit more, like... Maybe a little less modern. I don't know. Like, the... I don't know. I, I would have liked some more traditional... Like, the perfect jersey to me that they could have copied would have been, like, the North Stars jersey, except with an S. Like, that would have been perfect for me, but... I don't True. know. I'm getting, getting a little that too is. riled up about another team's jersey. That's some sexy shit. Yeah, like um, that green, that kind of lime. And I get they didn't want to do the green because of Vancouver, but I mean these jerseys actually really remind me of the Canucks jerseys from like the mid-2000s. Yeah. Those kind of like blue and silver and red ones. So yeah, I really yeah. like those jerseys too. So I don't know. I'm undecided as of yet, but I think I like it. I'm getting, I'm warming up to it for sure.
0: Did you see the... Um Like somebody designed something. I don't know if this was was part of the decision or not, but the Seattle Sasquatch logo. No, I didn't see that. (laughs) Okay, Um, I'll send I'll send it to you. Okay, it's got it's got like the Seahawks colors in it. See the
1: yeah, and I like those colors. But the thing is, like, I understand they wanted to differentiate from from the Canucks. Yeah.
0: Because those those like
1: the green blue and uh, the green and blue. Uh, scheme is like so Vancouver now, so I totally understand why they're doing that.
0: Yeah, and, and I mean, again, I love.
1: Gonna,
0: they're probably going to be instant rivals. Like, come
1: oh, totally. And I, like, I still how... love. I love that light blue color. Like, I'm looking at the white jersey right now, and it's so slick.
0: Yeah, I just can't honestly. I can't wait to go to Seattle. And... Oh, I know.
1: I cannot fucking wait. You this could be awesome. If you could go down when. I guess if the Mariners would have to make the probably close to the World Series, but you could go down and catch, catch in all three, maybe somehow. It'd have to be like perfect timing,
0: but and it probably NFL exhibition. Yeah, I think what you do is just go two, three times a year. Yeah. And Seattle becomes the new. Although Vegas would be fun too. Arizona's always great, except for the Coyotes Yeah. Suck. So. And then one last no- – I love the, – the the secondary logo is sick.
1: The anchor with the space needle, yeah. that's sweet. That's a great design. I kind of wish that was actually the primary. I, li- I like that design a lot.
0: Oh, shit, man. I ju- I'm just seeing the space needle now. Yeah, that's sweet. That's epic. Yeah, that's cool. And again, and I, on, and on I, the I – lo- and, I, and I like the font too because yeah. to me that font reminds me of the Mariners and I think yeah, the Mariners totally. just have classic – I kind of hope for the third jersey
1: they go see like I, I think it would be perfect if that even if it wasn't yellow and green if you did like you know the Mariners old uniforms that were that were like lighter blue and yellow if the dark on the primary uniform was a little lighter blue I think I'd be much more into it and they didn't have the red I think the design is good it's just the color scheme that's a little off for me. Yeah, I love it. So we're starting a
0: Seattle Kraken podcast. Is that what's happening now? I love it. Well, you were suggest, weren't you? Suggesting this that we just move to British Columbia and then become Seattle fans. If the Flames can't pull it together in the next three years and we gotta go back to rebuilding,
1: yeah. When Tree Living trades Gaudreau for Dick All, um, we'll just become Seattle fans.
0: and That'll be that. For some, a couple depth defensemen. I mean, that that'll exactly. be the, the, the point, eh? Or when we re-sign Stone, it, yeah. So whatever when j- happens first. That's yeah. when we officially become Seattle fans.
1: So when Gaudreau gets traded because he came to camp out of shape, the speculation was he came to camp out of shape, and he gets blamed for everything, Uh, we'll just switch to Kraken. I'm good with that. Like, seriously, what the fuck? I don't know, like, if there's, like, some sort of... Per- okay, so, if you didn't hear this ridiculous rumor, which we have to squash right now, just because I've been furious about this. Like, I... I it, in what world is the league shut down from a worldwide pandemic where they're doing all these safety precautions, all these safety protocols they have to follow. Everything's rolled out in a very safe, very specific manner. The
0: Flames say Johnny Gaudreau is skating with Group 2 because we can't it's say. It's punishment because he came to camp out of shape. It's the fucking stupidest thing I've ever heard. Like, how can you come to that conclusion after you read the Phase 3 protocol? It's like...
1: The NHL cannot disclose any conditions. They can't. They can't disclose anything about the health status of their players. So Jeff Ward comes out and says, "Yeah, Johnny's skating with the second group because of reasons we can't disclose." And you oh, think it's he because he's shoot. out of shape? What the fuck? I don't understand what is with this city and this media, specifically with Gaudreau, because I mean, Rasmus Anderson is in that group. Andrew Mangipani was in that group. Milan Lucic was in that group. Nobody said dick all. But then I turn on the radio and I'm and Scott Rintoul's blabbing on about how he thinks Johnny Gaudreau is being punished for being coming to camp out of shape. And I'm just like, "What in the fuck are you talking about?"
0: How like I don't understand how if you literally get paid to cover sports, wouldn't you have read those phase three protocols before going on air and like making all these assumptions? Like it just. It, and, it, and if you did, wouldn't wouldn't you realize that like, there's probably a fucking other reason that has to do with this COVID bullshit. Uh yeah, That's we can, fucking obvious, is it not?
1: We can't tell you why Johnny's skating with the other group because the rules dictate that. Oh, it must be out of shit. Like oh.
0: What? Obviously,
1: he's out of shape. And, like, to be honest, like, everybody's going after Eric Francis. This didn't originate with him. I think he definitely stoked the fuel with his stupid article about, like, oh, Johnny Gaudreau is not having a good start to camp being in the second group. Again, the second group wasn't the second group. It was, like, obvious to anyone with a goddamn brain that the second group probably was a group that they had traced that was like a tracing group. It's like, okay, these guys have either been exposed to each other or they've all been exposed to the same person who maybe has had COVID or has tested like
0: it's obviously it's some sort of tracing protocol. No. One like, guy is out of shape. What the fuck? So Francis. Obviously, ra- here's what happened, okay? Here's what happened. They they did physical testing on all <sighs> the players as soon as they got there. Grueling testing. Yeah. Grueling they 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 put them through
1: what do you call that trading camp through the through the put them through the ringer
0: well they they have they, whatever the name of that thing is i mean they, the vo2 testing yeah they had their their face masks on heavy breathing and then they they figured out milan lucic Manji apani and Erasmus were in the best shape of everybody and johnny was in the worst shape so they wanted to get johnny in shape really quick so they put him in group two with those other guys. That's a great hypothesis.
1: Perfect. Great. It's mystery solved.
0: Should I email TSN right now and update Yeah, them? breaking news. They sh- they probably need to know. Do you so, think it was Jermaine Franklin? Because you were saying that TSN was actually carrying this story nationally.
1: So I think where this originated from, the first place I heard it was on Rintoul's show. Scott Rintoul, your hosts the 10 to noon show. And I mean, I normally like him, but he's like spewing this bullshit. And then when, what I heard after that was it actually started with Darren Dreger, who was a known fucking media monger. He's like Eric Francis East. So I'm pretty sure it started with Drager, and then Rintoul was speculating about it, and then Francis wrote his article, and like, I'm the last person to defend Eric Francis, and he didn't. It didn't start with Francis, is all I'm saying. But his stupid article about how Gaudreau's training camp is off to a bad start definitely fueled the fire. So between those three idiots, we—it's apparently out there that Gaudreau is out of shape, which is total bullshit. So I—I I don't know how these media guys continue to have jobs. That's what I don't understand about like traditional media. It's like there's so many people who would die who are so good at their job and would give anything to like have a job like Darren Dreger on TSN and he's got this fucking job just spewing out dumb rumors. Like, I, it's so stupid. Anyways, just need to get that off my chest. Bullshit. Johnny Gaudreau is in perfect shape. Brad Tree Living, I'm sure Tree Living, with all the shit he's got to deal with, was really happy to come down to the media. And that's what they asked him. That's what he asked to address. Oh, yeah, oh, Gaudreau. is it? Like, I'm sure he he's probably just like, Jesus Christ. And I'm sure Gaudreau really likes having to deal with it, too. If this poor son of a bitch leaves Calgary, I will not blame him
0: one iota. Anyways, like what this like? At least, at least, it was probably pretty clear to Johnny Gaudreau and the rest of the group, especially the way Ronaldo reacted, that this was media based not fan base. But then you go on Twitter, and the fan, then the fans are all buying into it. Yeah, well, it's so but can stupid. Can you use Can you use your inductive reasoning factor for like two seconds? Right. You telling me Jeff Ward, rookie coach, his job's on the line is going to sit, his, he's going to punish his best player when everybody's been not playing hockey for five months and you have like two weeks to prepare for your first playoff series? You're going to you, sit your best, but you're going to punish your best player? You're going to be that petty in a, in a time like this. A, this with he- health concerns, thing.
1: like health concerns, oh, we don't care about the health concerns. We're just punishing. Like, it's just the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. Like not even Mike Babcock would do something that stupid. That's not even Babcockian. It's just ridiculous. Anyways, I just wanted to get that out there. If like Scott Rintoul, Darren Dreger, and I mean Francis by association, ridiculous, ridiculous rumor mongering. And hey, speaking of Jermaine Franklin, did you hear Jermaine is leaving Calgary?
0: Yeah, I saw what is he because he has a, a new a new. Family He's got a new, uh, oh, got a new gig somewhere. Oh, he got a new
1: gig. Which is kind of a bummer, because he's, like, the only guy in Calgary who ever asks questions that are, like, remotely, you know, interesting and good, so. Yeah. Anyways, Johnny Gaudreau, he's not in, like, I just, fuck, that just has been bugging me all week. I can't believe it's been a narrative. Well, I can believe it, the way this, the city and this media treats Johnny Gaudreau, like, he's a fucking plug. Like, I, I don't understand this, like, you said this on Twitter, it's like, why are we trying so hard to run our best player since Jerome McGinley out of town? Like, what is the deal with this?
0: Right? Like, I don't understand. Like, like, like what's wrong here in Calgary? I don't get it. I mean, you, if you go to your best player anywhere else in the league, they're like put on a pedestal. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like this guy, it just, I like the trade talk that's
1: been going on all season. The talk about how he sucks in the playoffs, even though he's been mostly fine. And then like, oh, out of sh- it's just like, I don't understand this. Like, let's get Gaudreau to want to leave Calgary thing. Like what the hell is going on with that? I don't understand. It makes, it makes no sense to me.
0: Well, like, where you've, to- you've done a good job of this. And Kent Wilson's did a good job of this, of actually posting legit analytics, statistics that show that, Regardless of Johnny Goudreau's perceived performance, he's been the best playoff performer. Yeah, like, I mean, so... The team as a whole, when they suck, he's still
1: the best on the team. Yeah. Like, I was looking at all of his analytics. He's been to the playoff three times. I mean, the first year, he scored, like, what, four goals? Like, he was like, I it just blows my mind. Oh, he's not a playoff performer. Motherfucker scored a tying goal in round two with like thirty seconds on the clock.
0: That was such. You an tell me
1: that guy can't perform under pressure? That's like probably the most famous goal in Flames history in the last twenty years, and we just forget about that. Like since two thousand four, either that or Matt Stajan. Yeah, like, and we're just like, oh, he can't perform in the playoffs. Okay, I guess we just put no. No weight into the fact that he scored a, one of the biggest goals in team history in the last 20 years. Okay, just forget about that. And then, I mean, in sixteen seventeen, I thought he was fine, but we got swept by the Ducks in a series where our
0: coach was an absolute moron and our goaltending was terrible. Well, I mean, and that's the thing. Look at the teams that have been assembled and constructed over the past 10-12 years, and then we're going to rag Johnny Goudreau. Exactly, and that's what and look, keeps... And like you just said, look at what our biggest downfall last playoff series was. We got out-coached to the nth degree. Yeah, so if you take the 16-17 year, okay, goaltending
1: and, I mean, they pretty much got dominated because we didn't have enough depth up front. So did Tree Living fix that? No, he went out and acquired more defensemen. He tra- he traded Dougie Hamilton and acquired Travis Hamanick. So that was his answer to 16-17. Didn't address the problem, which was... I just goal- find it
0: funny that... Like at what point as a fan base do you start looking at management? Apparently never around here. It's just it's all Gaudreau and Monahan's fault.
1: And then I mean, was Monahan not great in that series? His underlying numbers weren't great because they got swept and they got crushed. But I mean, he scored four goals in yeah, four games, dude. He yeah, against like the Joe, Ducks,
0: he looked like Joe Noondike. He was great, and I mean he that series was, was that series was unbelievable. Was a,
1: that series was a lot closer than people would think from a sweep. It was just, do you yeah. remember how bad Brian Elliott was? Brian Elliott yeah. lost us that series. And Glenn yeah. Gulliton's refusal to go to Johnson until it was too fucking late also lost us that series. Again, management. Yeah. And then 18-19, like last year, like, I don't think, if you look at their underlying numbers, Gaudreau and Monaghan were the two best performers on the team last year. and In the playoffs. Yeah. What yeah. was the problem last year? Look at how bad our defense played last year. They got crushed. They yeah. were the the Flames were the worst defensive team in the playoffs by a goddamn mile last year. And well, what what does Tree Living I, do? He does he doesn't address the problem.
0: Yep. Yeah. Well, we said this before. We'll say it again. Eric Francis asked Coach Bednar at the start of this season, "Hey, what? How come you guys beat Calgary so easily?" Well, we knew they were a good transition team, and we. Tried to stop their transition game, and it worked.
1: <laughs> and our defense was not as good as we thought it was, and it got exposed. And our bottom six, which is still the same, I may add, got completely crushed. So it's just I, it, I don't know. It's just it's starting to bug me that everybody's ragging on Gaudreau for not being a playoff performer. Like I mean, how long is this gonna
0: go on? Like it's, he's Dude, been in the playoffs. It, fucking, it pisses me off, man. You have like, look how small this guy is. I know. I want to like, like, you know, when you when you see those shows where, you know, they have like a, a, a girl that pitches or plays tennis, and the all these guys think they're better, and they fucking get their asses kicked. Try being Johnny Goudreau's size and play hockey in the National Hockey League. Try putting up a hundred points last year. Ninety nine points. Up, try being that size and putting up ten fucking
1: points. It's just. It just blows my mind that this is... Like, do we not realize how fucking good this guy is? I know, and it's just... Like, last year we've said it. He was probably as good last year on a lot of nights. He was probably as good as, like, Connor McDavid. Last season, for sure. He was so good. He was that good last
0: year, I think. On a lot of nights. Yeah, we we talked about that. We did. We compared the two of them all season long, and Johnny Gaudreau actually was better in a lot of categories.
1: Yeah, so, like... I just never will understand this, like, throw our best player out in the bus when, A, he hasn't been as bad as people have said. B, I don't think he's ever, like, do people criticize Aginla for not being a playoff performer? Like, sure, they had that run, but they only went past the first round once that year. But no, I, the idea with Aginla is, oh, no, the team, nev- the, the management never got him the help he deserved and needed. And they never built a team around him. I think that's the same could be said about Johnny Edro. I don't know why we're expecting this guy to just pick up the entire fucking team and will us to a Stanley Cup. That's never how. It, that's not how Stanley Cups are won. Like nope. it's not basketball. You can't have one guy do everything. Period. Did Did Gretzky win a Stanley Cup every season he played? Uh, no. In fact, once he left the Oilers, he never won a Stanley Cup again. No, you look at the fucking team they had. So it just it blows my mind that. This is what we're talking about in the midst of all this. It blows
0: my mind that I don't know how quick people are to just blame shit on somebody else. Like this, legit, he's the best player we've had since Aginla. Legit, legit, he's probably even more entertaining to watch. Oh, for sure. Aginla, although Aginla was a beast, he's got the beast factor. So I mean, on. Some nights, some like nights it, he's more entertaining, but maybe let's not go that far. But, anyways,
1: to wrap up on the Goudreau out of shape thing, number one, like, fucking, fucking right, Zach Ronaldo. I can see why that guy's on the team because yeah, like he's fucking beauty. If you didn't see it, Ronaldo was on the ice and he yelled to the media, he was like, hey, are we in shape yet? And they all chortled, like, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it was a, it was a, <laughs> it was a, it was a fuck you to the media. Yeah. Number two, like, okay, during the break, what has everybody been talking about? Oh, we're going to trade Goudreau. Also, Props to Jermaine Franklin for actually sharing that. Yeah, good job, Jermaine. See, we're gonna miss Jermaine. He's the only stand-up media member in in Calgary. Do like, you think the only. Eric
0: Francis would post
1: that shit? No, no, no chance. Like the fact that we've been talking, all most people have been talking about with the Flames during the during the break during the shutdown has been, oh, we're gonna trade Gaudreau in the summer, and then like the second training camp starts, like that,
0: like the second. Oh, he's out of shape. It's like, how do we get there? It's just, it's like, so fucking dumb. The, like, again, the final point I want to make on this is like, he scored 100 points last year. How good was he last year? How good has he been as a Calgary Flame? Period. And then you get your ass handed to you in the playoffs. Obviously, the Avs, they shut us down on every facet of the game. We had no answer for anything. And Johnny Gaudreau left with his tail between his legs. So then what? You put him on, you fucking throw him under the bus? Are you kidding me? Like if you if, if you're in management, you go to Johnny Goodrow. You say, "Look, whatever. Like, don't worry about. It. We're gonna figure this out. We'll get you what you need. This is not your fault. You're a best player. You're still you're. We can't do anything without you. And the fan base needs to get, to do that same thing. Like, like, I, I fuck.
1: Yeah, you you said this. You made this point. I think I think we were talking in the off season. And you were like, if True Living really wants to address this problem, and maybe he's done this, I don't know. But it was like you sit down with your best player. It's like what they would do in Edmonton with Connor McDavid. It's like, what can we do here? Like, how can we make this work for you? How can what do you need to make this work? I think yep. we were talking about it with the Bill Peters thing or something. But it was Johnny, like, you're our best player. You're our franchise player. Let's hear what you think. You're a veteran now.
0: You've been here. Was he yeah, has this is seventh year. Six or seventh. He's played since season? Four, 13, 14, I think. Six or seventh year in the league. Like him and Monahan are vets now. They yeah. know. They understand the NHL.
1: Oh, well, I remember why we were talking about this. It's when Ward had split Monahan and him up, and Lin, like all three, Lindholm and Monahan and Goudreau, were playing on separate lines. And we were like, we why were don't like, you like, go to Goudreau and say, like, what do you want? And then it turns yeah. out they, they ended up doing that. And he was like, put me with Monahan and Lindholm for Christ's sake. And then they were fired again. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know. This, it just really bugs me that this narrative persists Look, in until, every fashion.
0: Until Matthew Kachuk takes the, the reins completely on this team, you're still going to Johnny Goudreau. Yeah. He's the guy. How, it's still how Johnny goes, the team goes. So you, you need to go all in with him. And <laughs> I don't understand, man, Like how some fans think we're going to be better without him. It's just like, it's not even like you
1: don't realize what you have until it's gone. It's like, he's one of the best playmakers, if not the best playmaker in the league. He has seasons of 84 and 99 points. Like, I just don't understand why... Like, it's just... And he's like, he makes under $7 million. That's the other thing, too, that's
0: like... Yeah, no shit, eh? What are you talking about? It would it would be one thing if he made, like, nine mil. Or I know. Or than that. Like, Matt Shane makes more than Johnny Gaudreau. And you're telling me you don't want... You don't want
1: a 99-point, one of the best skaters, one of the most skilled guys in the league, under $7 million. You want to trade him? Get the fuck out of here. All right. Okay. So... Other reports from training camp. I mean, they've had the scrimmages. You know what? There's a narrative that's kind of coming up now, and I just want to get your thoughts on it. I don't know if you had it in your notes. Yusuf Alamaki has looked fucking great, and I think everyone. the The topping point now is like, oh, do you put him in?
0: Fuck, man. Well, let's talk about this because let's the expansion draft is going to be next summer, right? And there's two options you have as a team. You can protect. What is it? Um, either ten sk- nine, nine skaters as a whole, or generally six how it's forwards. broken
1: down is yeah, you can protect. Uh, I think it's nine skaters total, so you can just pick, or I think it's seven forwards, three D, and then a
0: goalie. Okay, are you sure it's not six three and one? I'm pretty sure it's seven, because I always thought it was you get one less skater. I be, so maybe, I believe it. Maybe maybe it's ten skaters in, because that would I, be 11, 11 players if it's seven three and one. But seven three and one actually sounds correct.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's seven three one. Yeah. Okay. So option one is seven forwards, three defensemen, one goalie. Option two yep. is you can have eight skaters total. And one goalie, so you would end up exposing oh. two more players. But you could protect as however many, many defensemen or as many forwards as you wanted. Okay. So thinking so. that through, if you were to play Valmaki and protect him, you'd probably protect him, Hannifin, Giordano, Anderson. You're, pro- you're protecting Hannifin. I'm not, but they would, wouldn't they? Twenty-three year old.
0: We'll see what he does next year.
1: And then you would have you could only protect four forwards, so I don't think there's any way in the hell you're doing that.
0: No, you're going seven, three, and one.
1: Because then you're you're losing probably Manji Penny because you protect Kadrell, Monahan, Lindholm, Kachuk.
0: Yeah. So there's no fucking so way you're doing that. L- let's assume we just have three D men to protect. You're protecting Rass. Yeah. You're definitely I don't know, depending if you re sign Brody or not. See, that's the but, thing. It's it's very fluid. So like Like maybe You gotta, you gotta know. Like we've talked about this before. You have your serial killer room.
1: Yeah, you gotta know know every possible outcome.
0: You've seen all those thriller movies where the detectives have, you know, two prime suspects and then the strings to all the different leads and whatnot. Tree living must have every little scenario plotted out somewhere, if not in his mind. And this expansion draft is is a huge thing to prepare for. So. what he does this off season is probably he has to prepare what he's doing for the expansion draft. So I don't know. Maybe you don't even do you resign like I don't. I would resign Brody for next season. Yeah. But then you have to protect him. Well, I think the way, or maybe he's like you know what? Let's let Brody go. Clears up way more cap space, but then he's probably just gonna use that money to sign in.
1: Well it just disp- I mean, it depends what he's doing. Like initially when I thought about it, I was like, okay, you protect you sign Brody, you protect Rasmus, Geo, they would I wouldn't protect Hannafin. Well I would, because he still has value. I would trade Hannafin for something more valuable. Then you have one less guy to protect. But knowing how Tree Living works, he would probably protect Rasmus, Geo, and Hannafin, Hannafin and had not play Valimaki, and then you expose Brody and Seattle get takes Brody or a forward. That's how I would yep. think it would shake down.
0: Then you get now, Brody for now, another
1: year, and you get the cap relief the next year.
0: Right. So up till now, that's been the obvious choice because Valimaki wasn't going to be ready to play in the playoffs in March, but he's probably ready now. You say he's, he's de- looked good in camp. He so looks fantastic. Let's just let's look at that real quick. If you decide to play Valamaki, now, you have to protect him. Are you okay with? I mean, you want to protect Valamaki and Rasmus Anderson for sure. You gotta think that a D-man's getting picked. Oh, definitely. Right? Because if you look at our our depth of defense, if you're Seattle, you're probably gonna pick a a D-man over of an available forward. I guess it depends who's available forward. Well,
1: oh, you don't want Lucic or Bennett or or Reader or Jankowski.
0: <laughs> Some people I was looking on Twitter think that Bennett might be a might get picked he's probably fucking dying
1: to get picked he's probably like get me the hell out of here asap now just as a little oh. aside he said something the other day to the effect of and i couldn't find it but somebody had tweeted it and I, I can't quite verify it but he he kind of insinuated somebody was like why do you think you perform as well as you do in the playoffs and he's like because i'm given more opportunity in the playoffs you f- fucking idiot <laughs> and i was like yeah i guess can't argue with that you know so poor Sam is probably dying to get picked. Dude, and now they now they got him rotating with Ronaldo? Dude, we'll get to the, the lines in a line. minute, but that's fucking ridiculous. How is he not a permanent fixture on a, on, the, on the fourth line? How would you he, even think about playing Ronaldo over him? And here's the thing.
0: If that's where you see Sam Bennett, then trade his fucking ass. Why would you sock him away on the fourth line to waste away a fourth well, overall, your highest pick you've ever had as a franchise?
1: Why would you play Jankowski, Reader, and Ronaldo over Sam Bennett? You tell me any of those guys gives you more? Ridiculous. Anyways, Valmaki has looked great, but there's no way in
0: hell I'm playing him. And there's no way in hell Bradshree Living's playing him. Yeah, you've, you've held this hand this long. Yeah. It's kind of like... But then again, it's like, dude, well, because here's the thing. Let's say you play him and you lose to the Jets in the first round. Exactly. That's ridiculous. And that was uh, a stupid decision for your future.
1: Based on what Tree Living said, and again, knowing how much we know Tree Living values Valimaki, he wouldn't trade him for Mark Stone, which tells you a lot. Yeah. Health-wise, there's no way Tree Living's taking him off like a potentially career-threatening injury that's, that's... Cause of him to miss an entire year. He's been rehabbing the whole year. He's not just going to throw him into the most fast paced, like just out of the blue, right? Yeah. So I think, even from a health perspective, they're going to be super careful. There's no way we see Valimaki... Like, maybe, I would say maybe if they hadn't gone out and gut Gus and forward at the deadline, then maybe, like, maybe, maybe, maybe if you get into a few rounds, you might take the risk. But there's no way in hell they're risking it, just based on his health alone and how much value, how much they value Valimaki's future on the team. So there's no way in hell. And I agree. Even with
0: Hammonick gone.
1: Yeah, even with Hammonick gone, I still think there's no way. Eat, like, because I was thinking, I was like, well, what if you did play him? You could probably trade Hannafin, get a nice top six forward, and then you have to protect him. Yeah, but then just having one more guy to protect really fucks everything up. If you don't have to protect him, unless you're literally going to win the Stanley Cup based on a view of Alamakis in your lineup, which I don't think is going to be the case, you're not playing this guy. So,
0: Okay, let me throw a scenario at you then. Let's say you get past the Jets in the first round, and let's say we face St. Louis in the second round, and it's the best of seven series. We're up 3-2 in the series. Yet we have some injuries on the back end. And it's either Stone goes in. <laughs> Fuck, I knew you were going to do this. Or Valimaki goes in. And you have a chance to advance to the third round. What do you do? I'm still, I don't know. It's still not. because a, like a,
1: Winning a one first round playoff series is not enough for me. Like beating the Blues in a first round to get to a second round where you probably get crushed by the Oilers or something. It's, I'm still not doing
0: it. Okay, so let's say same scenario in the third round. Third round, maybe you do it, because you got to think. Brad will. I, you know, he's gonna have, he's gonna look at all his options. And if that's a situation, I bet you he'll hold on as long as he possibly can. But if you're, yeah, he'll, it's gonna be round by round, right? Yeah, it's totally going to be round by round, and
1: I I would be blown away if we see Yusuf Almecki.
0: Yeah, but that's the way 2020 is going. So, But he has
1: looked really good. And if you do see him, I think there are options. Like I said, like you got to think after this season, Brad Schlieving is going to go out and acquire a top six forward somehow. And seeing with the cap not going up being a flat cap, he's probably going to have to do it via trade. So... Maybe you trade a guy like Hannafin for some help up front. We've been saying that forever. So I think there's options. You're you're going to end up losing a player regardless. I would just hope it, it wouldn't be a good defenseman. So yeah. I, I'm sure they have it figured out. I would hope
0: they have it figured out. So who do you think, in the snapshot right now, who do you think gets selected? Who, who do you think we lose in the expansion draft? Should well, we
1: if... Yeah, it's probably going to be Shillington or Bro- if Brody has re-signed. If, it's, if Brody has re-signed, I'm, I would be pretty surprised if they don't protect him. Yeah, because then you're going to either lose Hannafin and you're... Even though I would say, like, I would expose Giordano personally, like being his age and only having one year left on his deal at the time of the expansion draft. I know that sounds harsh, but you got to think it's going to be either Brody if he re-signs or Shillington. Because again, like you said, who are they going to take on the forward group? Like, who do you want? Like, maybe Bennett is the only guy you'd want and just take a flyer on him. Because um, who do you protect up front? You got seven guys. You're protecting Chucky, Lindholm, Gaudreau, Monahan, Manjipani, Backlund, probably. Yeah. Although maybe uh, he maybe he'd be a candidate for exposure. That's true. Um, I think you want to protect Dubé and Dubé, and that's your seven. So that leaves Lucic,
0: <laughs> Bennett. But if De- he goes out and acquires one more guy, yeah, then somebody's on the bubble probably back on your boot Dubay
1: at this point you gotta think that the the amount of players we have on d it's probably going to be a defenseman, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's you know maybe it's somebody like Bennett, maybe it's maybe it's even Backlund. I don't know
0: yeah, but then that's why you can be strategic too, right yeah, that's why you're saying you would expose Geo um even though it's harsh. Like, I know they wouldn't do that, and it's
1: from, a, like, a franchise perspective, I kind of understand that, it's but, true. like, honestly, it, and again, like, this guy, I, I expect him to regress heavily this season, and he's still been awesome, so maybe he still is good enough, but, I mean, if you look at it in a vacuum, probably the smartest thing to do would to be ex- to expose a guy who's going to be, like, what, 38 and have one year left on his deal, like, that would probably be the most prudent move, but I totally understand why they
0: wouldn't, so... Anyways. Anyhow. All right. You want to get the line combos? Or we kind of covered it? Well, I mean,
1: it's it's exactly what we said it was going to be.
0: Yeah. Now that everybody's... The exact, everybody's... Same, thing, the exact yeah. same thing that we saw when the season ended. Which we assumed. And it makes you, sense. Where do you think things are at? I, I almost feel like things are swaying in the Talbot direction right now. Yeah. We talk about... Camp's going. Yeah. Do we can talk forward? about goaltending for a minute. Jeff Ward did straight up say they're gonna go with the goaltender that has a better camp. Well, if you watch this last that last game we saw Ritter led in three goals. That yeah, we're pretty. I mean, mean, not great, but still not very good. Yeah, and then you know Talbot. I don't think led in any. So, but we're only seeing highlights. I don't know.
1: If you go based off two scrimmages, which I don't think the team is gonna do, like. That, that's all we see as fans, right? We don't watch the practices. We don't know what's going on. So if you're basing it just off the scrimmages, yeah, Talbot's been good in two inter-squad scrimmage. Squim- squ- Elmer squim- Fu- whiz. Elmer Fudd over here. Uh, scrimmages, yeah. I mean, I, I, through, I would expect Riddick to be a little rusty in a scrimmage after having gonna, four months off.
0: It's going to come down to the ex- to the exhibition game.
1: So I think what you see in the exhibition game, and I they're think gonna. the team probably already knows. Like again, like with shit like this, I know Jeff is saying we're gonna go with whoever's better in camp, but I don't know if I put a hundred percent stock into that. Like this is an yeah. unprecedented situation. Like if they were going who's best in camp, the lines wouldn't be back to normal. Sam Bennett would be playing center with Lucic and Dubé because that line was great in the scrimmage game. So they're talking. They're either talking out of both sides of their ass, or they're just they're gonna, gonna go guys. with. Which they always do, or they're going to go with, like, they're going to consider prior considerations. You're not just going to consider who's best in camp, because, I mean, Zarnick scored. He's been fucking buried again. Sam Bennett's been good. He's been demoted and buried. So, if they're not doing it with the forwards, I would assume that it, they already have had their mind made up one way or another where they're going to go in goal. And they're maybe going to just kind of let the camp and the exhibition game push them in one direction. But I still think Riddick's getting the start game one, personally. I don't know it's gonna be interesting i think you'll see riddick start do you think he'll
0: start in the exhibition game they're obviously gonna do half and half they're gonna split yeah it hasn't been confirmed who's starting um it would be it would be interesting if talbot does start in the exhibition game how much we read into that i think they'll start riddick in the exhibition game because yeah me too but i almost feel like (laughs) if i'm riddick i want the second half
1: yeah it's true right he'll get in there letting a goal and then it'll be like you'll never see or hear from him again yeah. Um. With the goaltending thing, again, like I've said this hundred times, I don't really care who starts either way. Like, they've been pretty much equal season long, right? Like, yeah. R- Riddick was better to start. Talbot was better down the stretch. A lot of their other underlying numbers, maybe Talbot's been a little better. But, I mean, Dave has definitely, like... There's some games where David Riddick won you the game, the Toronto game, earlier in this
0: yeah. season. Like, you got yeah. dominated. He won you that game, the Dallas game. So... And like, how many games was he the only reason why you were still in the game? Yeah, exactly. Like he's right. had hard, he's had hard games this year. The team has hung both goaltenders out to dry. Yeah, totally. At times. Yeah. So
1: again, I don't think it matters who starts. And again, I don't even think it matters. Like people put too much stock into like who gets the start in game one. That's that's the, that that's how you roll when you then when this is your philosophy. You have a tandem net minding team. You don't really have a number one. You go back and forth. You give whoever's hot. So I don't think it matters. I don't care. And I expect Riddick to start. But if Talbot's starting, whatever. And I mean, it was, the Point Hockey, they do a lot of interesting analytics. They had posted, um, if you look at all Talbot and Riddick's numbers through the first five games they've played, if you kind of use that as a proxy of like, oh, who could come out and be better? Riddick was quite good in his first five games and Talbot wasn't. So
0: yeah, it's not an exact well, science. And it's kind of a weird metric, but I thought it was interesting. I think you and I, we both listened to the last podcast that was, that we did before the stoppage. And what, what, what we were talking about was that was when Riddick was starting to struggle yeah, but what we also mentioned was that there was notable, noticeable signs of fatigue before the struggle started to happen, um, and then later we understand that he was also going battling an injury at that time too. Yeah, an elbow injury. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, you, I, I like you. Kind of have to go with Riddick.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's the other thing too. Like, if you're thinking long term, Riddick signed exactly. through through next year. Like. This is kind of where my frustration was with the Mike Smith starting, even though Riddick was injured it later came out. But it was like, wouldn't you wanna know like can Riddick handle this? Like you've got him signed.
0: Like if you wanna have the next Matt Murray that takes over on Mark Andre Fleury's number one spot, yeah. Don't you wanna know? Like there's no way you know there's no way Matt Murray becomes Matt Murray unless he gets that opportunity.
1: Right? Like, if it was on the Flames, Matt Murray would have just continued to sit on the bench because they don't want to go with the veteran guy who they aren't going to keep. Like, Talbot is easily going to walk. Like, if you walk into next season with Riddick as your number one and you have to sign somebody else, like, you're still not quite sure if David Riddick is your guy. Because what happens when if you get to the playoffs next year and you have the same situation? Like, I don't know. Just for future reference, I would think you'd want to know and maybe that's a simplistic argument. But for me, like I want to see David Riddick play in the playoffs because we've never seen yeah. it. He's signed for two more years. He's getting to the age where it's like you either have to commit to this guy or move on. So, I don't know. I, I think from a team perspective, you should be
0: starting Riddick regardless. Yeah. And then you hope that he can step up and fill that role because, like you said, if he struggles out of the gate and they go to Talbot and Talbot takes them maybe to the second round or whatever, yeah. Then what? If he, if Talbot walks, he probably would. Like he's going to get more money, although he might want to stay, but what if what if you risk losing Talbot and now you're stuck with Riddick and you're like, shit, we have a one B goalie now. Now we have to go out and get a number 1 when we really need a top 6 when Riddick could maybe be that guy. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's like we need we need riddick to be the guy therefore we need to give him that opportunity and you i don't think you even give him a short leash i think you we already talked about this it's a short series you don't have time to flip flip back and forth i think you live or die with riddick in this first series you You either
1: have yeah you either have to live or die with him or make the switch like immediately you can't wait until you're down two games to make the switch which is going to be a it's going to be risky so you either go for it or you don't i think like in terms of switching, if Riddick gets shellacked in game one,
0: you go to Talbot, and that's that. You don't have time to fuck around. If, or you honestly, just, if I'm managing and coaching this team, I'm, I don't even care where the camp goes. I've already talked to Riddick. I said, yeah. look, we're living or dying by you in this first round. I agree. You're gonna have to like absolutely stink for us to pull you out of the net. So just know, you're the guy. This is like, it's your time. Yeah, and I like think that, that would probably help him too. That's the mindset I want him going into into this series. Um, and like we said for all the reasons we just we just discussed, he kind of has to he has to step up and fill that role yeah. if you want this team to go in the direction that that it could easily go with Riddick coming in to form as a number 1 goalie. Yeah. He needs this opportunity. He totally does.
1: Um, okay, so forward lines again. Exactly the same. How do you feel about Bennett
0: being demoted? Again. You know how I feel about it. Trade the fucker if you're not going to use him. Okay, I, I don't even mind the like... Okay, he played with ben, He played with Dubey and
1: Lucic in the scrimmage. And he looked good. Didn't he? I thought they had some chemistry. And I think like I... For me, like I'm not a Sam Bennett is going to be a top six guy but I still think he has something to offer. I think he's better as a centerman. You're weak as fuck down the middle. You're telling me Sam Bennett isn't a better centerman than Mark Jankowski? (laughs) Put him on the third-line center or put him on the fourth-line center, but let him play center, number one. Number two, I do think he... I think if you put Ryan... If you go Monaghan, Backlund, Bennett, Ryan down the middle, you're better off, personally. Personally. I don't
0: know what, but what the trigger, shit that he's been rotating with
1: Ronaldo is absolutely
0: ridiculous. What triggers me about it is that it's it's just a microcosm of the macrocosm of how this guy's been utilized his whole his whole career. It just it boggles my mind
1: that they would apparently rather see Zach Ronaldo, Tobias Reader, and Mark Jankowski play together. Like it just it blows my fucking mind. I can't even believe it. So, like, if, I swear to God, if if Sam Bennett's in the press box and Zach Ronaldo is playing game one, I mean, I'm just... <laughs> si- I, I will fucking quit. I will go be a Seattle fan. That's how much... That's all it will take. Like, this is ridiculous.
0: Yeah. N- Anyways, no one of those three guys on that, on that fourth line should be playing over Sam Bennett.
1: It's the endless discussion amongst Flames fans. Does Bennett suck or is Bennett good? Do coaches hate him? I, I think that's the wrong argument. It's just like he should be playing center in a bottom six role for me. That's all I that's all I ask. He doesn't need to be buried and being fucked with on the fourth line playing with Mark Jankowski and Reeder and now being swapped out for Ronaldo. Like the poor guy, everybody crushes him. Like he was the his underlying numbers weren't very good in the playoffs last last uh last season. But if you look at him without James Neal, like, th- remember, he had to drag James Neal around all season last year. His and line,
0: Jankowski. his
1: line was Jankowski and Neal. You expect him to like, excel? In hindsight, are you kidding me? Like that's brutal. So, like, like why it, is he the why is he the one now that's like, yeah, fuck you, you're down on the fourth line with Jankowski and Reader. Well, and
0: he, and here's the thing: it's like there's two perspectives on Bennett, right? And it's kind of like the organization. It almost seems like. Well, if you don't step up and like take a top six role with the small opportunity that you get, you don't deserve it. And in professional sports, it's pretty, it's kind of like that. So that's like, that's one perspective of like, well, he hasn't, he hasn't taken that spot. Well, yeah, the the comparable is like, look at what Manjupani's done. Yeah, exactly. But not everybody is the same and... If you look at what this potential ceiling is on this guy, I don't. I'm not sold. Sam Bennett is who he is. I feel like look. We saw a little bit of with Hartley. He had his best season with Hartley. Like under a di- under different management, under somebody that gets Sam Bennett, I think we can see way more than what we have. I would not be surprised if he went to a team like Columbus under like say John Tortorella, if he like easily played on a second line. And played center. I think that's the biggest
1: thing because, like, he, this, like, even Dubé, like, he's a centerman in junior. I don't understand this, like, forcing guys to play the wing, especially when you're so weak down the middle. Like, I think Sam Bennett's game, the way a centerman plays, like, I think that suits Sam Bennett's game. He can just go out and play. Yeah. Like, the responsibilities of a centerman are more, which I think he'd be good with. I think he just needs to get into the game. I think when you, and I'm not a big, like intangibles guy, but I think with Sam Bennett, like, have we seen a player come through Calgary who is more affected by a confidence, B being between the ears. Like, I think that's why you saw him play so well in that first playoff series. Is like he just came in and was allowed to play and do his game. Yep. No pressure. Then it's just like, Hey, okay, all this shit goes down. This coach is fired. That coach is fired. He's demoted. He's up. He's down. He's here. He's there. He doesn't know his role to find this poor son of a bitch's role. Exactly, and let him play hockey, and I think you'll get the best out of Sam Bennett. I don't and think. See, mo-
0: like, it, like, I agree. Yeah, I'm. If I'm the coach or managing anywhere on this team, I I'd have the same conversation I do with Bennett as I do with Riddick. It's like, look, you're the guy for this role, and we're gonna give you an entire season. We're gonna give you like you know ten minutes in a game every fucking three weeks, to see if you can fit in. I it just like, I like like if you're Brad Tree Livinger or the coach, like you need to know.
1: <laughs> I know. Well that's the other thing. Again, like I say this a lot, and maybe I'm just like too philosophical, but I mean the usage of a guy like Sam Bennett, who's twenty three, bugs me not even on a practical level, but on a philosophical level more than anything. Like you've got a guy who's twenty three, who can skate, who's skilled, who should be a center Iceman, who's on a I don't know if it's a team friendly, but a cheap ass deal. He's fucking fearless, and you're just fucking wasting him on the fourth line. You'd rather have your fourth your third line, Derek Ryan, who's a fine player who makes three and a half, almost three and a half million, and Milan Lucic. Between Derek Ryan and Milan Lucic, like you're telling me, Bennett wouldn't do just as much, if not more, than Lucic. Come on, come on, at like a fraction of the cost. Just the I'm allocation like- of dollars and.
0: It just blows my fucking mind the philosophy of this team. Yep. And, like, <sighs> Derek Ryan, the, the guy could play literally anywhere. He could play defense. Exactly. Like I, Why like, not put him on the wing and have a guy like Sam Bennett give him a shot at center? I just, I, it bugs
1: me. It bugs the shit out of me. Like and again, like everyone's like, oh look at what Manji Pandy did. I think Manji Pandy is a better player than Bennett, but I mean, he got to play with Derek Ryan and Garnet Hathaway last year. Sam Bennett had to drag around Mark fucking Jankowski and James Neal. And tell, look at his line mates the years prior to that. He's been tell me,
0: AHL players his whole career.
1: Tell me who's going to be better. You're going to be better playing with Derek Ryan and Garnet Hathaway, or with James Neal and Mark Jankowski. You tell me oh, who's, who's oh probably going to have a better time of it. Oh boy. <sighs> Anyways. The other thing that's kind of changed in terms of the lineup is the power play formations. With the number one PP. So power play one has been how it's always been the forward group with Gaudreau, Monaghan, Lindholm, Kachuk, but they've put a Gus at the point instead of Geo. And then power play two is Lucic, Backland, Mangiapane, uh, Giordano, and Dube. So I actually really like those compared to what they've been rolling out for most of the season, especially when Bill Peters was rolling it out. You know what I don't
0: understand, though? What? Why don't you have Rasmus-Anderson on PP2 if you're going to have Lucic there? If you saw yeah. any chemistry on the power play all year, it's been those two.
1: Well, Lucic scored those two power play goals, right? Yeah, <laughs> from Vancouver. Rasmus-Anderson. Yeah. So, okay. So, firstly. Or, well, I think one won us for back one, too. But. Firstly, I don't think. I kind of see what they're trying to do with the Giordano-Gustafson swap. Yeah, I mean, you get it. But I still think Geo's is the better option there. And yeah. if you look at a lot of like the under like Geo is still an elite
0: power play guy. But that's probably why they're trying to beef up PP two, and to put a guy like Gus. I don't know. I, I just think you're probably underutilizing
1: Giordano, and it's like just true. I don't know. But hey, I, I don't mind trying
0: <laughs> stuff on the power play yeah. at all. I don't mind starting with it, and then as long as they adjust if it's not working. But
1: I still think like. In a perfect world, I'd have Giordano there, and like honestly, like because I'm I I am not a proponent proponent of the of the three forwards two D, but on power play too, like I would almost consider, especially now that you have an influx of like talented defensemen, yeah. who can perform Damn. on the power play, I would almost consider like you don't have to format it as like a as a as a three two or a two three or um like two guys on the point, you can still format the one three one. But like I don't know, maybe Rasmus Anderson on his off wing is a is a good option on the power play too.
0: Yeah, although Dubé and and Backlund were yeah. look really good there on, on. so they, who who's the they got Dubé Backlund Lucic and who else? Uh so yeah, they
1: got Lucic. He plays in where in Kachuk's spot. Then I believe they have Dubé on the right wing, and then uh, Backlund at center. Gus or Geo on the point and Manji on the left side.
0: Oh yeah, Manj. Okay, yeah, know, I can dig that. So
1: like, if if Lucic hadn't scored those two power play goals, and I think he he looked okay on the power play, I would be inclined
0: to swap him out and maybe roll like if, maybe if Brad Tree Living didn't yeah. need to try and prove that this was the right deal so hard. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's what that's what this come down to. That's what I was
1: trying to say diplomatically. And I mean, Lucci scored those two power play goals, and and that power play unit had kind of showed a bit of chemistry. So I, t- I understand more than I usually would. But I think if you're trying to roll the best power play formation, like I would be curious to see what a forward group of Manjipani, Backlund, and Dube, and then if you roll like Gus, even Hannafin is showing some okay power play metrics. Than if you were like Gus or Anderson. The thing that's bugging me the most about the power play still is that they still don't have the offside one timer set up at all. Well, you saw a nice little offside one timer goal. Yeah, Lindholm, right? Yeah, that was nice. That was from Forbert, wasn't it? I think it was Johnny set him up, wasn't it? In the scrimmage the other day. Number six. And it just drives me nuts because, like, I understand that they want Goudreau distributing from the left side of the ice on his on his strong side, but to never have the threat of a one timer on a power play seems just like a complete waste of time to me. And the, o- <laughs> the only across ice one timer, I should say, because they do do that that uh, like half board down below the goal line and then in front of Monahan. Yeah, they well, do like uh, the.
0: We, we started to see them. Uh, started to see a few one time attempts.
1: I just want to see, I want them to open up more one-timers. And that's why I think if you have Rasmus Anderson playing the left flank on power play 2, he's a right-hand shot that just gives you an option there. They got too many left-hand shots. So, I don't know. The power play Here's is going to be really
0: interesting to me. If you don't need Lucic to, if you don't need Lucic to work out yeah. as hard as and as bad as Brad does, <laughs> then on PP2, you can go Monch, Backlund, Dubé with Gio and Rass. Yeah, that's what I'd do. And
1: again, I, w- I wouldn't have it set up like, again, I prefer having four forwards, but the way Geo moves the puck and the way Rasmus can shoot, I would still yep. set up the 1-3-1 one, one like that.
0: Well, and so, can move the puck too. He's he's He can yeah. see. He's got good vision. So
1: I'm curious to see how the power play works out. Like, I mean, it's going to be, the. <sighs> I've been looking at a lot of underlying Winnipeg Jets numbers. They're a shitty defensive team. They're yep. absolutely a tire fire in their own zone. The Flames are going to win this win this series based on how much they can score and that's pretty much it. So yep. and that includes the power play. The power play needs to be clicking. Yep. Because the Jets have yep. a pretty deadly power play too. Like that's that's one part of the game that that, that really clicks. Yep. So
0: our power well, you play needs to did a good be job going. on the on the stories there breaking down the weaknesses of the Jets.
1: Well, I think it's kind of beca- and I think I kind of even bought into this when I started thinking about last year. It's like I think everybody's expecting the Flames to get crushed in this series, don't you? Isn't that what you kind of heard, have heard?
0: I honestly, yeah, and I think that's great. Yeah, it's perfect. It's exactly. I, I like I like being the underdogs in this situation. So and I just think if you look at like the,
1: I think people forget like, if you look at the numbers, the Jets have been an, have been terrible this year, but they've got Connor right. Helibuck, but Helibuck has been unreal. That's it. That's the that's only it. reason they've even been competitive. Even their top two lines have been yeah. pretty bad, yeah. in terms of like a lot of their play-driving metrics and stuff. They've like, they've been good, and that's about it. And Helibuck has like they would not be anywhere near anything if Helibuck hadn't been an absolute god. Like they're probably one of the worst defensive teams in the league easily. So, I I I still really like the Flames. And again, we said this last year. I was like, oh, the Flames should. Yeah, this is a great matchup for the Flames. So, on paper, the Flames should... Like, on paper, the Flames should have no problem beating the Jets. On paper. We'll see, I guess. Yeah. Who the fucking
0: knows, eh? <laughs> okay, we'll um, let's wrap it up with this. The Major League Baseball started yesterday. Opening day for the Blue Jays today, baby. Blue Jays opening day today. Did you watch anything yesterday? It was interesting because they got the cardboard cutouts in the st- in the stands. So... Yep you start kind of you're kind of starting to see and feel what it's going to maybe be like in the NHL arena. They had the fan noise factored in. Um the one I watched most of that Dodgers game, the one takeaway that I that I that I saw is that man, the players are just so happy to be playing, right? It's just like they don't give a fuck if they like, obviously you prefer to have the fans there. They just wanna fucking play. Like they're like the Dodgers like when they you know, this is fucking so happy, dude. It's gonna be And it's and it's nice to see some sports, man. Yeah, you, you so. text
1: me, you're like, this is so weird and surreal to see this on TV. Dude, it's like, been five months. Imagine what is it, on Friday? The twenty eighth. On Tuesday, the Flames play their exhibition game. Oh, and then man. It,
0: Oh, I can't wait.
1: A week and a day today, they'll be playing. August 1st, they'll be playing game one of the qualifying series against the Jets. It's going to be awesome, man. Dude,
0: can't wait. It's going to be awesome. And, and so a couple takeaways, too, from from watching the, the baseball game. The cutouts are interesting. Um, I, don't, I think you said there are going to be some season ticket holders and stuff like that. Or people are paying to get their cutout.
1: Well, I'm what? not sure because the NHL release, there, there was a picture on it that's been floating around on Twitter of what the setup's going to look like. It looks pretty sweet. Like, they're not yeah. just gonna, they're not going to leave the, the stands empty. There's going to be, like, screens and LED stuff and, like, a setup going on. It looks pretty sweet.
0: Yeah. It's got, like, it'll have, like, the head-to-head matchup and the logos.
1: Yeah. So there's, like, they a Jumbotron be. stage set up in the stands on the TV side. There's, like, all yeah. these
0: screens set up. So it looks pretty cool. It does look cool, and then I'm curious because whoever that was, um, that said they're gonna they're gonna do the best to replicate, um, the playoff fans, like for the MLB, it's opening day. I mean, it's kind of big, but I thought the fan noise kind of was meh. Yeah, honestly, it was a little um, underwhelming. And there's a few times in the game where it's like, yo, that was a sick play, and the crowd was like golf clapping. Yeah, it, it was kind of like golf, eh? Yeah, and it's like I wonder if it's probably different because the NHL they know that's got to be even more ramped up cuz it's playoff time versus yeah. it's just regular season games for the MLB. But it's kind of like are they going to be able to gauge if it's like That's what's going to be weird. Unbelievable play just to kind of like a, versus like a routine stop. Like who's just gonna be in charge of
1: sitting in there like pressing the ooh ah oh yeah no right? like what the it's like fuck the ooh factor <laughs> who gets they that job have, like
0: she's gotta have like different levels like be like oh shit that was an eight ooh factor well the <laughs> thing that
1: kind of sucks and we kind of touched on this is like if Gary Bettman wanted to be a baller he would when he comes to give the Stanley Cup he would have booze pre recorded I that's guess good. there's not gonna be any booing I think they had the Bruins fans record some booing from what I heard but that's it so like. They should have some boos recorded. So when like if the ref yeah. makes a penalty, should be booing. Like, you know, they should have recorded some boos. That's what's going to be weird is no boos. Totally. Um, yeah.
0: That'll be interesting. And
1: I mean, there's going to be a five-second delay too, which I, which everybody's like, dumb, but I kind of understand, you know, like what are you going to do? It's going to be raw as shit out there. Are you kidding me? You're going to be able to hear everything probably. Like you're telling me you want kids watching that and listening to
0: that? Yeah. So, like, let's say if the – like, AMO, like here, here's my point. If if some – I just watched um, the top 100 plays of the decade. If we see one of the top 100 plays of the decade in the next five weeks, is it going to be a golf clap, like, ovation?
1: It's going to be like, <laughs> McDavid scores this spectacular goal, and there's going to be – Like, like no, they need no to have, like, here.
0: from level 1 to 10 in, like
1: – Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I, I'm curious again. I, I that's I want to see who has that job and
0: how they're. Gonna, that's really going to be weird. And then the other thing I noticed too was that because um, L. A. was the home team, I don't think there was any there was any crowd um, cheering for the Giants. Yeah, have they confirmed that? I hope
1: they. I hope that's how they roll it out. it, it might be different because they're playing in a neutral site. But I would no, hope and
0: they kind of should if they technically have home ice advantage. Yeah, the crowd I... should. Be more in favor of the home team than. Yeah, that's
1: what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't want it to be like, uh, like, uh, like they do this at the All Star game or at, like, some of the other, like, the uh, World Cup games where it's like the buzzer goes for both teams that score.
0: Yeah. Like, no, don't do that. No, exactly. Home team should be home team. Yeah. If you have some booze in there for when the, when the, if the Jets score. Exactly. All right. And then, but one other cool thing they, they had was. You know when it's like seventh or eighth inning and it's two outs, in, in baseball, and, the, and then the the crowd starts to clapping and you know for the like the strikeout pitch. Yeah. They were doing that. Yeah, I wonder if they'll so, have like last thirty seconds, like you're about to close out a win. Yeah, so I think. But you were saying they were trying to work on getting nuances like that. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. I know they they've they've said they set their bar high so. I mean, you got enough creative minds on this, right? Yeah, and yeah, I mean, you've had five months to <laughs> to do it. You've had nothing to do.
1: You've had nothing I mean, to do. I think it'll be a lot less weird. Like I think Gaudreau said, is like it's it's the same, but it's very different. I think it'll be the same for a lot of fans. Like the first time we watch it, it'll be weird, but it'll be it. We'll just like yeah. you said, it'll be so refreshing to just see some goddamn sports. Like the players are just so happy to be playing. It'll be the same. It'll be just like I'm so happy to just be watching sports again.
0: Yeah, and I think I was kind of watching the players, and it, you could tell like in the first four or five innings, it was kind of like they're adjusting. And like this is kind of weird. There's crowd noise, but there's no fans. Yeah. But when they when they it, the Dodgers, it was like tied one one, and then late in the in the game, they walked away. Um, but you could tell when the game got into the game, right? And you're like in go mode, and you're in that zone. It's they won't. It's, it's like they're yeah. not even noticing the fans, anyways. So exactly. It's, it's gonna be I don't know it, I, the, for look, the things that, to see how yeah, much for of the non- effect it has
1: for the things that matter for the parts of the game that truly matter like again like you said when you're in game mode like when Johnny Gudro's rushing down the ice on a two-on-one or something he's not gonna be like there's no fans this is dumb like he's just he's thinking like he's normally thinking it'll be weird when you're like on the bench or during the anthem it'll be weird during the things that don't really matter. So
0: that's true. It's gonna be weird on the bench looking around. Yeah,
1: looking around. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But regardless, I think it'll be the same thing. These guys are just gonna be, you're gonna see on their faces. You're just so happy to be playing. Yeah, totally.
1: All right. So next time we talk, we'll probably have an exhibition game that we've seen. um, And we'll be prepping for game one.